kind of like agree with what we just said, right? So if I say something and you say amen, don't say it unless you agree with what I said, because I'll trick you sometimes. I'll say something stupid and you'll say amen. It's not good. So, man, Caesar, Dave, thank you guys for coming out tonight and sharing. And if you guys like crab, um, then you ought to hang out with Vince. Just kidding. Buy a ticket. And this Tuesday night, um, we started a new thing around here on Tuesday night. It's called Gravity Flow. The heart behind it is really, uh, at its core, putting ourselves in God's way. We believe that um, God uses us, ordinary people, to do awesome things. But there's one thing that it requires. It requires us to avail ourselves to God. And I don't know about you, but I'm busy. We keep a crazy schedule in America. I mean, kids playing sports and working the job and, and all the things that go with it. Our schedule is crazy. And so for us to intentionally carve out time of our week and say, God, for this two-hour period of time on a Tuesday night, you know where you can find us. So if there's anything that you want done, God, you can do it on Tuesday nights at 6.30 to 8.30 at Gravity Church. And we don't care what it is. We have no agenda. We have no preconceived ideas. If God shows up one, or if we show up one Tuesday night and God says, I want you to go out into the streets and love on the neighbors, then guess what, guys? We're gone. If we show up one Tuesday night and God says, it's Yahtzee night. Everybody start playing some games. And guess what? It's fun night. We don't care. God's the one that's calling the shots. We're just putting ourselves in a position to listen for what he has to say. Does anybody agree with that? That's amen time. You can say stuff. That's, that's good. So, so this Tuesday night, we're doing something that we haven't done before. We are actually going to have some live music down here on, on Tuesday night. So if you know anybody that likes live music, then they can come down here. Uh, I found the Rogue Monitor. On Tuesday night of this week, and we're going to have a few bands come in. Well, actually, I wouldn't say bands. A few uh, artists come in, friends of ours, actually. Some of them go to church here, um, that have written some of their own original music. And um, we love music here, if you guys haven't, can't tell. And um, so Tuesday night this week, we're going to give them an opportunity to play some of their original songs, and we're hoping to pack the coffee shop out. So if you know anybody that wants to hear some some original good stuff, then have them come out this Tuesday night from 630 to 830, and uh, we'll have the coffee bar open. And um, I've got something else that just blows my mind. How many of you guys were here two weeks ago on a Saturday night when I was sharing with you that that when we were praying about this Tuesday night thing, God had put in our heart that we needed to try to find... Um, a flat screen TV to be able to have some things in display out there so that when we're using the space, we can have, you know, like song lyrics when we're worshiping and different things that we just really felt like would make it a lot more user friendly. And so we announced it, you guys, on, on a Saturday night, we said, you know, if you have an old flat screen TV laying around, we could use it. This week, I get a text message from somebody that says, hey, um, meet us down at the church in 30 minutes. Somebody's going to drop something off. And I had no idea. I come pulling up, and there's this pickup truck that backs up to the front steps, and they're unloading a brand-new 50-inch flat-screen TV. And I'm just, like, going, whoa! It's way nicer than the one in my house. So we've already had to get that straight, me and God. It's like, All right, God, can I swap it out, you know? It's, no, it doesn't work that way, right? Right on. It's kind of funny I say that because we've been talking about the heart, right? I wonder what's in my heart tonight. No, I'm kidding. We've been talking about the heart, and we've been talking about what the Bible has to say about the heart. 
And if you've been here for the last several weeks, you know that our working definition of the heart is our mind, our will, our emotions, and our conscience. These are the four components that we call the heart. We've discovered together by looking at God's word and dialoguing that when you go through things in life, all of those feelings, those emotions, the pain, the joy, the happiness, all of those emotions, they go into your heart and they stay with you. And we likened it to a hard drive on your computer and how everything on your computer filters into that hard drive and everywhere that, that you, you go, that's like your heart. It's like the hard drive that everything goes inside of. And how it's so important for us as we look at God's word to discover what's in our hearts. Because there's things in our life tonight that we do and we continually go to the same thing. And the question that we always ask ourselves is, why do I do that? Why do I respond this way? Why do I act this way? Why are my tendencies towards this or this? It's in something inside of our heart that God's wanting us to discover. And we talked last week about the parable of the sower. And we talked about how God uses the analogy of soil when he talks about our heart. How there's some people's hearts who literally are so hard that it's like dirt that's just packed down. And when God's truth or the message of God's word or you read scripture or somebody talks to you about spiritual things, they say something and you listen, but you don't really hear it because it's like it just bounces off of your hard heart. And God wants to be able to soften our hearts so that they work right. Because we also learned that a heart that is closed is always closed. In other words, you can't have a heart that's open to God, but is closed to each other. It doesn't work that way. Your heart is like a valve. It's either open or it's shut. And when it's open, it's open to everybody, including God and including each other. But when it's shut, it's hard for anything to get through. And God's desire is for our hearts to work right. God's desire is for our hearts to feel. Our God's desire is for our hearts to be full of compassion so that when we see things in our life, we actually are moved by the emotions attached with those feelings. But our hearts have to work in order for that, hap in order for that to happen. So tonight, we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about our hearts and how to make them operate correctly, how to make them work. How many of you guys want your hearts to work right? I mean, I do. I'm tired of doing life this way. You know what I mean? I want my heart to work right. I want to know why I do what I do, and I want God to have me. And that means my heart's got to be in play. I've got to give it to him. In, in the Bible, we find in the book of James a really interesting passage of Scripture. It says in James chapter 1, in verse 21, and you can see it up here, it says, get rid of all the filth and the evil that's in your lives. And check out what it says. Humbly accept the word of God as planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, but you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That is a that is a powerful statement right there. That whole passage of Scripture is powerful. There's some amazing truths in there, but the one thing that I want us to really understand that it says, it says that God plants His Word in our hearts. 
He plants it in our hearts. Just like last week we were talking about the parable of the sower and how there's, there's the soil of our hearts and then there's the message. This verse confirms that God literally takes a seed of his message and he plants it into our hearts. And then we have to respond accordingly. Now, the, the concept of this seed, this seed of God's word being planted in your heart is a lot like this, is a lot like this picture that Cassie painted for us. I didn't ask her to do this. She just comes in like she always does. She, she does everything that we see around here. It's like, wow, that's beautiful. I come, she brings us in one day and it's a picture of a tree that's inside of a heart and it's got roots going down. And at the bottom she wrote, when taken to heart, the word of God takes root. When taken to heart, right here, the word of God takes root. Now you and I, that are sitting here tonight, I don't care if you've never been to a church service before, if you've never been around Christians before, just sitting here for the last 30, 40 minutes, you have, for a small moment of your life, just heard God's word in some fashion. You've just heard a seed, if you will. And God has tried to plant that seed inside of your heart. And he hopes that it starts to take root. Some of us, week after week after week, we listen to God's word. And we sometimes question whether or not it's really working or not. Have any of you guys ever thought that? Like, what's my problem? I'm just not getting this whole Christianity stuff. I do what everybody else seems to be doing, and it's just not working. I want to make you feel a little better tonight. Are you ready? There is this concept in Scripture and it's found over and over and over and over again. And the concept has to do with the seasons of your life. In other words, there is a time for planting. And then there's a time for watering. And then there's a time for it to grow. And then there's a time for it to harvest. And it's the way that the seed works. It's the way that God's word works in your life. It's the way that God planned it for us to grow. And it's not rocket science. But some of you, right now, feel very much like the fields around Lodi. You drive past them and there isn't a grape to be found right now, is there? Those vineyards are just mud pits. The only thing they're good for right now is messing around on a quad or a dirt bike. I mean, they are just disaster looking at them. And that's how some of you feel tonight. You feel like something's wrong with you because you come to church and you listen and you, you know, you're, you're trying to get this and it doesn't seem like it's taking hold like it should. And then you hear a story like Amy, you know, last week we share Amy's story up here and you're just like, why can't I be like Amy? God, she's just miracle after miracle, all these things that God's doing in her life. And you're like, where's my fruit? How come it's not working for me like that? And we get discouraged and we get despondent. And then we look inside like God doesn't love me, right? That's how it affects us sometimes. I'm here to tell you that God definitely, definitely loves you. But the seasons of life take time. And the seasons with God's word take time. And so I'm here to encourage you in those seasons tonight. I'm here to encourage you to allow the watering to take place and the growth to start to happen so that you can see the evidence and the fruit of it in your life. Let's look at another passage of scripture, would you? Second Timothy chapter three. 
is a, is a pretty cool place where we find a, a glimpse of a man's life. And, and he was talking to another man, trying to encourage him in the place that he was currently at. And where he was ministering, this guy's name was Timothy, where he was ministering was kind of difficult for him. And so he receives a letter from his mentor. I don't know if any of you guys have had a mentor in your life. It could have been a family member. It could have been a friend. If any of you have ever played sports before, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those discouraging moments where you just feel like, you know what, baseball, football, whatever it is, isn't cut out for me or I'm not cut out for it. And that coach or that person or that mentor at just the right time comes into your life and they encourage you and it makes all the difference in the world. Have you ever had that happen where it just helps you to just keep going a little bit longer? That's what's going on in this guy's life. And we pick up in this letter that he writes to him in verse 14 of chapter 3. And Paul writes to Timothy, he says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is, what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out, and it teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way, fully equipped for every good thing that God wants us to do. You know what, what Paul is using to encourage young Timothy in this story? He's telling him to go to the scriptures. He's telling him not to forget what he's been taught. He's encouraging him to have confidence in God's word. He's saying, if you're lacking something, Timothy, you know what you've been taught, and it's true, and don't waver from it. Allow God's truth to dig deep into your heart and begin to grow. He was encouraging Timothy not to go after all of the different things that were happening in his day. And I would encourage you tonight not to take your problems to all of the places that everybody else is taking their problems to. Our economy's in the toilet. People have lost their jobs. People are going through financial meltdowns and as a result of it their bodies are breaking down with sickness because of the stress i'm encountering people everywhere i look that are in the same condition everywhere and they're all doing the same thing they're trying to figure it out they're trying to find just i gotta find a way i gotta find a way you're not gonna find a way go to god's word allow god's truth to come alive inside of you and like this picture if it's taken to heart it'll start to grow and it'll go down deep. It'll go down deep inside of you. You see, scriptures and God's truth, it's not something to just observe. It's something that you have to absorb. It's not something that we can just casually glance at. A lot of people, when they come to scripture, they miss the whole point. I've had a lot of conversations in the last two weeks with people who have been very honest with me about the Bible. My story is a lot like young Timothy here. You could say to me, Jason, you've been taught the whole scripture since you were a little kid, and it would be true. I have a certain built-in belief in the stories in the Bible because I was taught to them from this big. But do you know, and as some of you sitting here tonight do, 
that the vast majority of, of people around us have a hard time believing that Jonah actually got swallowed by a fish. They have a hard time believing that Moses stood before the people of Israel and parted the Red Seas. In the words of my cousin that I was just talking to who came to church with me last Saturday night and loved it, but he's like, dude, the stories in the Bible are just strange fiction. It's hard to believe. If you just read the Bible at face value, it's some whacked out stuff. People killing people, people, I mean, crazy stuff, stuff that, man, if we wrote a book like that today in America, it'd be like, hang the author. This stuff is weird. We got to be real about that, right? When people approach the Bible, sometimes they approach it with the wrong agenda and with the wrong idea about it. This is not a story to observe. This is God's language. This is a way that God connects with us. This is, the, this is the heart of God to be able to connect with his people. The Bible says in the book of John, this blows my mind, the Bible says in the book of John that God loved us so much that he came and became one of us. But you know what the Bible says that God was? The Bible says that God was the word. In other words, when we read this, what we're really doing is we're connecting with God. And you know where God is if he if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. God is inside of us, right? And if God is the word and the word is inside of us when we read this, it's like we're talking to ourselves in some weird kind of way. It resonates true. Right? It's like reading, wow, this makes sense to me. Not because it makes sense, but because it makes sense to me. And we connect with God. I was talking to a girl last week who says, I've tried to read the Bible a bunch of times and I just don't get it. I was having breakfast with Tutal a couple weeks ago and he just blatantly just says, you know what, the Bible is hard to believe for most people. And I was like, you're right. And you know what Tutal said to me? Blew my mind. He says, you know why I started believing the Bible? He says, because of guys like Kevin Woods who showed me that the Bible was real by the way they taught, the way they lived, the way they treated me. In other words, God comes alive in Scripture and he comes alive through us because God is alive in us. It's amazing. It's an amazing concept. Let me share one more Scripture with you in the book of Romans. Because I believe that for many of us tonight, we're in a place where we need to understand about our hearts why and what God is trying to do with us tonight. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, I want to tie something together for you. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 10 says, Salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is the message we preach, is already within easy reach. In fact, the scriptures say that the message is close at hand. It is on your lips and it is in your heart. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now some of you are hearing this scripture and you've been in church a long time and you think, this is my point where I'm trying to explain to somebody how to accept Christ into their heart, and I'm not. See, Paul talks about the fact that God's truth is in your heart, 
And the way that you know it's in your heart is because it starts to come out of your mouth. A couple weeks ago when we were talking about what's inside of our heart, we talked about the fact that Jesus said that whatever overflows out of your heart is what you'll say. All you got to do is listen to your words, and it's a good indicator of what's really going on inside of your heart. Whatever spills out of your mouth is what is happening inside. And here we find in this powerful statement that God's message is in our hearts and it's on our lips. It's right here. Now, the reason I want to say this to you tonight is because for many of you that find yourself in a season of despair or find yourself in a season of barrenness or a season where you're not seeing the progress that you want to see, but you know that God is alive inside of you, I want to challenge you to start to speak the words of God in your life. And this is what I want to say to you. There's a concept that I have picked up in the last couple years through friends of mine as I've discovered people going through recovery. And there's a lot of people in this church that are involved in recovery in some capacity. And you'll know if you've ever been involved in it that there's this concept of learning how to find your voice, of learning how to say no if you've never been able to say no before. It's this concept of learning how to do what you really want to do, but you've never done it before. Have any of you guys ever been in that situation where you're just like, I don't want to do that anymore, but I always do it anyway. And when you go through recovery, you start to find your voice. You find the ability to say it and to stick with it. I want to tell you guys tonight that God wants you to find your voice. I met a boy this, or a man this last week that was coming out of the thrift store downtown. They have Bible studies there multiple times during the week. And I'm watching the lives of men be transformed, not because they've got some amazing, you know, new thing in their life that they're chasing after, not because they've got some great philosophy that they're adopting into their life, or not even because they've got some great teachers in their life that are explaining the intricacies of God's word. I'm seeing God change lives because they've, they're committed to the process of planting, watering, watching it grow, and reaping the harvest. They're doing what it takes to go through the steps to see the reward. And I'm watching God blow these guys' lives upside down in a good way. After this Bible study this last week, this, this guy comes up to me. I had just met him. And he said, how was the Bible study? He said, oh, man, it was great. And he made this statement that just hit me over the head like a two-by-four. He said, that guy in there, he was sharing from his heart, and it was good. He's got a strong voice, and we need more people with a strong voice right now. And when he said it, it was like God was speaking to me. There's some people here tonight that God wants to give a strong voice to. You've been sitting there and you've just been going, well, I got a problem and I'll go and talk to so-and-so. Or, man, I just wish I could just like, you know, Jason or whatever. And God is saying, no, it's, it's not about that. It's about you finding your voice. And it starts in God's word. Because you know what it is that God wants you to speak with that strong voice that he wants you to give? wants to give you he wants you to speak his word he wants you to speak his truth he wants you to understand that god is solid that god's not going to let you down that god will be there for you he wants to give you your voice i want it i want god's voice in my life i want to be able to hear him and i want to be able to speak whatever he says for me to speak 
I want to have that kind of confidence. We have Jason come up, and he's going to play some, some more music for us on the piano. And tonight we're going to end things a little differently than, than we do normally. Tonight, we're going to open up these altars for you to be able to come and spend a couple of moments with God. We're going to open up this time for you to be able to come and receive prayer. If you're in one of those seasons in your life where you just feel like, I can't get out, I can't get through it. I've talked to too many people this last week. Marriages right now are just going down the toilet. It's not because they don't love each other. It's because the stress of this life is taking its toll. And we have one option and one option only. We have to go to God. I can't figure it out. But I can wrap my arms around him and not let go. And I can lay down at his feet. And I can just hang on with everything that I've got. And guess what? He knows what to do. And some of you here tonight, you need to just lay down at his feet for a few minutes. You just need to just lay down at God's feet and you just say, God, I need to hear your voice. Some of you here need prayer. You've been fighting as much as you can, but it's too heavy. And you need somebody to pray with you. And guess what? It's okay. It's not a sign of weakness to receive prayer. It's a sign of being really smart, if you ask me. So as these guys just minister to us with, with some worship and another song, I'm going to invite you just to go ahead and come on up and uh, spend some time with God and spend some time with Jesus in this moment, in this place. And we're going to go ahead and dismiss you if you need to go. Hope to see you on Tuesday night, 6.30, Gravity Flow. Or throughout the week, we've got a lot of different things going on during the week, Bible studies and whatnot. God bless you, but don't leave here tonight if you need to be down here. Don't leave without allowing God to minister to you. Fill you with some hope. Fill you with some hope. It's like an anchor. 